Well, hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where you can find practical help for the heart and home as we ponder life from a biblical perspective, as well as a weekly digital dose of discipling to help equip us to be better effective in the opportunities that God places before us to further his kingdom. Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. This is episode number 151, Ruth, chapter 4. We heard last week that Ruth humbled herself and laid at the feet of Boaz. Have you spent time at the feet of Jesus this week and given him your troubles? Have you received peace of heart as you sit and wait until he takes care of all that concerns you? God's timing is not always our timeline, but make no mistake, He will take care of you in your time of need. That care may not look like what you want sometimes, but He knows best and all things do work out for good, for our good and His glory. So last week, at the end of the harvest, it was two to three months after the time that all three of them, Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, knew each other, But Ruth just kept working in the fields. When we come to know Jesus as our Redeemer, we look forward to the hope of being with the lover of our souls forever. But there is still work to do here, in the here and now, that we have the privilege of being a part of. God doesn't need us, but gives us the honor of sharing him with others so that we can be a part of the covenant promise that he has made. He wants all people to be saved from an eternity without him and to spend it in his presence. But he also gives hearts the option to choose him or their own way. And we all know how that turned out in the Garden of Eden. Today, the story of romance and redemption continues with chapter 4 of Ruth. Then Boaz went up to the gate and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsmen of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he, Boaz, took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. Now, wait a minute. Naomi said that this guy's not going to rest until he gets things done. And here we see Boaz hanging out with the guys at the city gate. Well, again, we have to know a bit of Hebrew culture to find out what's going on here. The gates of the town were the business center, the culture back then. This is where the business was done. So Boaz did go directly to take care of this. He went to the city gates to find this nearer kinsman, the Goel, to redeem according to the Oriental law of kinship, to buy back a relative's property to marry and to care for a widow and family. According to that law, This nearer kinsman had the first right of refusal, so Boaz, being an upstanding man, wanted to check in with him first. 
this nearer kinsman's name is not revealed, Boaz calls him in scriptures, Ho, such a one! Like, hey you, come here, sit down. So for all intents and purposes, God wanted to keep this man's name anonymous and conceal his identity. Boaz also chose ten men of the elders of the city to sit down with him, and this is not just an arbitrary number. It is ten Jewish men that make up a prayer group. And then we see here in verse 3 that Boaz sets up his case before all those at the gates. And he, Boaz, said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he, the nearer kinsman, said, I will redeem it. Okay, once again, the law of kinship allows for a relative to purchase back the property. And here Boaz works as a male heir in place of Naomi because she was not allowed as a woman to sell this property. And Boaz sets up quite a tasty little deal here. He tells the nearer kinsman, you know that Naomi, that widow, I'm sure the word has gotten around town, that widow, she's come back again out of the country of Moab, you know, God's wash pot, that derogatory term in their culture of the toilet. Yeah, she's got this really nice piece of land. It's a field. It's quite a nice inheritance. Are you interested in purchasing it? And of course, this nearer kinsman snaps it up right away. Yeah, I'll buy it. Boaz is a shrewd businessman. Basically here, he's saying, shame on you, closer relative, for not caring for your family. So Boaz, in the presence of all of the ten elders here at the city gates, is shaming him in front of them. You know, act, do what's right, or let me do it. But so far, all Boaz mentioned was this choice piece of land, and a widow, of course. And the near kinsman, without hesitation, says, I'll buy it. I will redeem it. Perhaps he didn't want to look bad in front of all the town elders and said, sure, I'll grab it right now. Oh, but not so fast here in verse five. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the land of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess. Oh, wasn't she called something much more lovely recently? But here again, she's named the Moabitess, on purpose, of course. The wife of the dead, to raise up to the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Then Boaz says, oh, by the way, when you purchase this field, this nice piece of property, you're also going to have to purchase with it Ruth, you know, that Moabitess from that wash pot of a land. And since Ruth's husband is dead and you will be her new husband, then you need to help raise up a child in her dead husband's spot so that his name will not be blotted out of the family. 
Ah, here Boaz has tactical advantage, which is explained in verse 6. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. The near kinsman says, Self can't do that. You go ahead and do that, Boaz. He was willing to marry an old widow and take that nice choice land, but he couldn't go beyond that. That would mean burying children with an unclean Moabite sinner, and I'll lose part of my inheritance. I'll have to share it with them. How's that going to sound when he goes home to his own wife? I always wondered if Ruth and Naomi might be hanging out close by somewhere, listening in to what's going on. And when Boaz offered Ruth and the land and Naomi to the near kinsmen, there might have been some breath-holding thinking, wait, that wasn't the plan. But sometimes things don't work out the way that we think they're going to. We know that God takes care of us, but we don't always know how it's going to turn out. Life is hard, but God is always good. In verse 7, Boaz settles the deal in front of the elders. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said to Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. In our day and age, we have to nearly sign in blood a whole stack of papers when purchasing a home. But here, in Hebrew culture at that time, it was a little bit different. Deuteronomy 25, when it speaks of the laws concerning the Leverite marriage, verses 5 to 10 say, If brothers dwell together, and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And this first son, whom she bears, shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. And if the man does not wish to take his brother's wife, then his brother's wife shall go up to the gate to the elders and say, my husband's brother refuses to perpetuate his brother's name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak to him. And if the priests saying, I do not wish to take her, then his brother's wife shall go up to him in the presence of the elders and pull his sandal off his foot and spit in his face. And she shall answer and say, so shall it be done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. And the name of his house shall be called in Israel, the house of him who had his sandal pulled off. Some commentators say that this is a picture of sealing the deal or giving up the right to walk on the land. Today, something like this is replaced by a handshake or that stack of papers that you have to sign. And that little bit of spitting in his face, I suppose, would be a bit of shame since the nearer kinsman decided not to take up the responsibility of the Leverite marriage plan. 
I'm sure it felt like a long walk through town with just one sandal on. So in verse 9, And Boaz said unto the elders, and unto all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilion's and Malon's, and the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place. You are witnesses this day. Hallelujah! Boaz has paid the full price for the land and the bride. He purchased this land. He purchased the foreigner to be his wife. They are now joint heirs of this property. Boaz announces to all the elders around him, She's mine. Help me not to fear. Help me not to fail. For the gates of hell will not prevail. I was bought with a price, a precious sacrifice. Oh, my life is not my own. I was walking in darkness till you came along. I was dying in sin, but you gave me a crown to throw at your feet when face to face we meet. Oh, my life is not my own. Help me not to fear. Help me not to fear. Oh, the gates of
Now that you've listened to the podcast today, remember to apply soap liberally this week. Choose a scripture from today's lesson. Write down your observation of the text. Consider how to apply it to your own life and write a love letter to the Lord in prayer. And don't forget to check out the blog at momentswithmoni.com for more information and free downloads. And while you're there, feel free to leave your comments and your questions. Until next time, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life.